Hey, Starting Nine listeners, you can find every episode on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or YouTube. Prime members can listen ad-free on Amazon Music. Yo, next round is about to start. You ready? Yeah, yeah, just shopping for a car in Carvana. For real? Yeah, Carvana makes it super convenient to shop whenever, wherever. For real? That's a ton of car options. Yep, and these are all within my price range. For really real? You can afford that? Yeah, with Carvana. And boom, just like that, I'm getting it delivered in a couple days. For really, really real? You just bought a car. For real, and you just lost. My turn. Visit Carvana.com to shop for thousands of vehicles under $20,000. Uh, you know what we're talking about in this episode. You know what we're getting into here. Uh, there's going to be some good and there's going to be some bad. Now, I don't know that we're going to agree on everything here. You, the listeners, Dallas and I, baseball fans as a whole, as a unit, as a community, there's going to be some takes thrown out there amongst you, you guys. I mean, I've already seen it last night, sitting at home, watching Corey Kluber throw the sixth fucking no-hitter of the season. And this oh. comes about, I don't know, 21 hours after the last no-hitter, which was Spencer Turnbull of the Detroit Tigers, which uh, directly led to uh, Barstool's newest hire. <laughs> That'd be Chris Castellani. Who is, uh, you know, if you if you go if you're a starting nine OG, yep, and you watch the digital show back in the day, you Homer. know Chris. <laughs> oh yeah, you know Chris. So Spencer Turnbull throws a no hitter on what was that Monday night? Mm-hmm. <clears throat> Corey Kluber the following night he no hits the Texas Rangers. Um, so I don't know like. I can actually back this up because I know that people will say, oh, it's it's because a Yankee threw the no-hitter that, uh, that you know, you, you didn't find it to be special. I have texts from before. Who was that? The, it must have been the Wade Miley no-hitter. Mm-hmm. I think after the Wade Miley no-hitter, I already started to get the feeling of like, this isn't. This doesn't make me feel what it used to because of the, I guess, repetitiveness. It's because no, no, no. That's not why. And it, I think it's why. like the quality of the. That's not why starting either. pitchers that are able to do it. That's not why either. For me, it is. It's not. <clears throat> it's your subconscious. Why is it subconsciously? And this is where we're all at. But I, I I've been here a long time. I've seen this coming a long time. I've actually. I've been texting a couple different reporters who have reached out to me that wrote articles almost a decade ago about uh, the shift in what we were seeing happening on the mound. Oh, yeah. And Clayton Kershaw was a guy who was at the focal point of that conversation just because he was so dominant at the time. And I was asked what I thought about what we were seeing on the mound, the run of dominance. And I said, it's just begun. I said, we are at the dawning of the era of the pitcher. And I said it 10 years ago because it was true 10 years ago when the talk about Tommy John and stuff really started to kick up. And I said, we're bigger, stronger, faster than we've ever been. We're applying more torque to the body and generating velocity at a greater rate than we ever have. So when you combine that 
with the injuries, well, you can understand why it's happening as well as overuse and overuse before you get to the big leagues, blah, 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 blah. The whole point was this wave was coming a long time ago. And we are now at the precipice. Everything that has been brought into the game, everything that has surrounded the game is impacting this. So what you don't realize right off the top of your head is that you've already been conditioned to an offensive approach that has zero two-strike component to it. It has zero cut-my-swing-down approach to it. It is an all-or-nothing approach. You've already been conditioned to just accept that about the offensive side of the game of baseball. On the defensive side of baseball, you've already been conditioned to accept that guys are going to be throwing 100 miles an hour with regularity. And guys are going to be hunting the strikeout more than they ever have. Why? Because they're being told to burst. They're being told that they're going to be maximized. Put the pedal to the metal and we'll get you out of there when we need to and run another guy that throws 100 miles an hour in there. So when you combine a lack of approach at the plate with the best premium stuff we've ever seen, that is in itself, aside from all the other variables, a perfect recipe for guys to be for teams to be getting no hit when you've got a roster full of dudes who are just trying to hit homers and you've got a pitching staff full of guys who do nothing but throw fucking cheese and and get swing and miss those right there that's a perfect recipe to have a lack of offense in a game and that's what's happening across the game of baseball there are no two strike approaches any longer everybody's hunting the punch out and why because those guys don't get paid for singles, Jared, and nobody is getting paid for the 200 inning mark because you don't get to go to that point in time anymore. Very rarely are you left in an outing long enough with any sort of consistency to get you to 200 innings. So if you've got the ability to blow through an outing and you find yourself 90 pitches, 95 pitches in the eighth inning, ninth inning, ready to complete a ball, oh, it's, it's happening. It's happening. Yeah, it is. It is one of those things where I don't. I don't want to take away from you know uh, Turnbull and Kluber and the moment that it is. I mean, it's it's an accomplishment. It's history. But at the same time, um, you know, we are at a point where it, it's May twentieth, and I tweeted it last night. There are already more no hitters thrown this season then there are 20 strikeout games in Major League Baseball history. So, I don't know. I guess, like, the repetitiveness of it is kind of just, you know, it's like, oh, there's another one. And now I feel like that's just going to be the narrative for the whole year. And I don't know that this is just, like, a fluky season where it's like, oh, this this happened, you know, nine times in 2021. It's like, well, you know, that to me it just means it's going to happen 11 times next year and, and so forth. But I, I know that you're bringing up the point about, like, the increase of velocity of some of these pitchers. Some of these guys are not even, they're, they're not even that like, they're no, not no. even like blowing you so, away with electric shit. So now think about the evolution of the art form though. Pitch design. All right. The information, the advanced scouting, all of these things skew heavily to favor the pitcher heavily. Like you could, 
you could know what I'm going to throw or have an idea of what I'm going to throw in certain counts. All it takes is for me to not throw that one pitch that one time. And the faith in guys and in their homework can wane. And that's why we always say a real professional approach, a real pro hitter, they don't change their approach. They'll give you one side or the other if they're going to make that determination. They'll give you a pitch in a location if they're going to make that determination. But if you make a mistake in their honey hole, you're fucked. That's a pro hitter. That's a pro approach. They can spoil, spoil, spoil until you come into their nitro zone. And then it's fucking go time. So with the ability to design pitches at a greater extent or to a greater extent, with the ability to compile and apply information more so than ever, combined with velocity. And here's the thing. If they're not, like, what's what, what was Wade Miley throwing? 92, 93? If that, yeah. 93. Okay, so, but now we got to talk about the movement of his pitches. And, again, a lineup full of guys who are not really interested in just keeping the line moving. These guys are trying to do fucking damage these days. And mm-hmm. and I don't I mean I, the the thing about the Kluber no hitter is it's still a very much a winnable game. It's two nothing ball game. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. They're trying to and, they're trying to like shoot something in the gap and they're trying to drive them in. It's so here here's know. something else I've thought about, and I would have to go back and look at these numbers, but how many times throughout this ball game or throughout these six no hitters, and it's just remarkable that it's three teams that have been no hit twice already. Yeah. Uh but how many times in these no hitters were was there a defensive shift applied where a guy made it out by hitting into the shift? And that's where the conversation gets sticky because you're like, well, that's why the no hitters are happening. They're putting guys in defensive positions where there wouldn't be. Well, you know what? That also opens up other sides of the field, doesn't it? And that would leave open an opportunity for you to not play in to the defensive strategy that's been applied to the game, but it would force you to change your approach at the plate. So, Two nothing, power hitter, with the shift on, nobody on. He can't hit the two run homer. So is his value bringing the score within one, or is his value trying to get on base here so that the guy behind him, who's trying to hit a fucking homer, could maybe tie the ball game? Were there any of those types of situations that were just never taken advantage of? Because. If you're going to look the other way and say, yeah, well, the shift's available. Like if Matt Olson's up to bat and the left side of the infield is wide open and it's the fifth or sixth inning and it's a 2 nothing ball game and the guys behind him are capable of hitting home runs and we've got no hits here, how are you not looking at the left side of that infield going, well, there's my fucking ticket to first base right there, which leads me to this next point. With the shifts in play, is the unwritten rule of bunting after the fifth or sixth inning, is that still live? Is that still a thing here? Because if you're going to shift on me in well, the seventh the inning, like I just said, let, let me lay this out for you. If, I, if you're going to shift on me in the seventh inning of a 2 nothing ball game, you need to know that you have opened yourself up for me to be attacking this hole you have created. There's not an understanding here that says, hey, look, since my guy's gotten to this point with no hits, you now have to continue to play the game like you would if you already had a hit, and we get to move our guys defensively to prevent you from actually getting a hit, all right? 
Sound good? Everybody agree to that? No. What the fuck? No. Absolutely not. And that's where a lot of people have had the issue with people trying to bunt in no-hitter situations, perfect game situations. Like I told you, Longo turned around and squared and tried to fucking bunt on me in the (laughs) fifth fucking inning. Fifth inning. Evan Longoria. Yeah, and what did I tell you? What did I tell you? I told you then. I I had no fucking problem with it. Lay it down. Do me the favor, because I'm a fucking athlete. Put it in my hands. You're fucking out. (laughs) If I let you swing the bat, we've got a hell of a lot better chance of losing this ballgame if Evan Longoria is swinging the bat. So, please, square around all you fucking want. But think about what I just said. How does that happen? Seventh inning, 2 nothing ball game, and a team shifts. Are you now fired up at the dude who turns and squares to bunt down third baseline and is safe at first? You can't be. You absolutely cannot be any longer. Can't be. That shit is done. Did you see uh, Clayton Kershaw said all the no-hitters are bad for baseball? Uh, Trust me, buddy. I fired off a tweet that, that said... I gave my like list of things that were all part of the ingredients for this no-hitter dilemma or debacle or whatever you want to call it. And that's what sucks is we're talking about this like it's a bad thing when two dudes have just, well, shit, four dudes, six dudes, have this, this achievement that, that should be celebrated. And instead, it's almost like an afterthought, and we're talking about what is wrong with the game of baseball. That's why I said... Uh, ingredients to the recipe of an avalanche of no-nos, pitch design evolution, velocity, advanced scouting, lack of two-strike approach, an all-or-nothing approach at the plate, refusal to change an approach. Do you blame them? They don't pay for singles, folks. Baseballs. Oh, also, hitting is really hard, and pitchers are really fucking good. Yeah. I mean, that's really what it boils down to. It is. I I think we forget, uh, because I I remember it it couldn't have been – more than I don't know five seven years ago that if you were watching a nationally broadcasted baseball game on Fox or something that if a dude was throwing like 94 95 they would show the flame graphic well it would pop up in red 95 or higher and the velocity pops up in red yeah we actually did that at the Little League World Series Carabas they wouldn't even put the velocity up there until it was a 98 mile an hour equivalent to a major league fastball yeah because when kids were throwing hard they're like okay they're throwing hard how hard what is hard oh that's fucking hard let's show everybody how hard that is right yeah so i mean like i remember when they would do like the little flame graphic for 95 plus and now i mean like i believe turnbull's last pitch 98 that he's he struck no i think it was 95 like he struck out mitch hanniger on 95 and it was like Kind of middle, middle, almost. He was just like, hey, I'm going to give you the best that I got. But after the game, he was talking about how, um, you know, it's one of those things that that you talked about, you know, reading swings, remembering what guys uh, did in prior at-bats, you know, whether or not you're logging that, having someone logging it for you, or you're just out on the mound remembering shit like that. He was like, yeah, like I threw him my four-seamer, like the first two at-bats, and he didn't do shit with it. So I just... Uh, you know, two strikes, no hitter on the line. Here's the four seamer. And I threw the shit out of it and he, he swung right through it. So, um, yeah, I, I think, I think so with the whole think, think, think about that. Think about that. 95, very hittable at the big league level these days. Very, yeah. very hittable. No hits, no hitter on the line. Mm-hmm. What's his mentality? Grip it and rip it. 
Yeah. And what's the guy at the plates mentality? Hit a fucking five-run jack right now. Yeah. Oh. Okay. So, yeah. Kudos to the pitcher for having the wherewithal to remember shit like that and the confidence to say, fuck it. Here you go. But then again, what happens at the other end? The approach at the plate. The approach at the plate. Yeah. If things are different, maybe the outcome's different. How many more no-hitters do you think we see the rest I of the said, way? I said three. We got three more coming. You think three more? Three more coming. I mean, it could be, look, this could just be a run. You know, uh, the, the only reason I'll even mention this and say anything about it is because it was brought up when I had my one good day. Mm-hmm. That was the first time that three perfect games had been thrown within a calendar year of each other. Ever. 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 When's the last one? Burley threw it, and then I had my day, and then fucking royality t- t- 20 minutes later. Like, <laughs> yeah. Two, two weeks later, you know? So, like, people were people were in awe of that whole thing. I had no idea, like, you know, I had no idea the gravity of that until it was told to me and explained to me, and then it's like, oh. Okay, yeah, no, I can see how that's crazy, for sure. Considering it hadn't happened for however long, and now there's, boom, three of them in a calendar year. Yeah, yeah. pretty nuts. That's where I'm at. I don't, I don't care about no-hitters anymore. I'm, I'm all about perfect games and 20 strikeout games. Which, like, isn't it confusing to you that, you know, this, this approach that you're talking about, the high-velocity, the all-or-nothing the approach? They're not giving the link. They're not giving the opportunity to go that far. I can't accumulate 20 punch-outs if you're pulling me at 85 pitches. 90 pitches, it's a, like I'm going to need to be able to throw 118 pitches sometimes. Like Because if that's not the case and you're getting that kind of work done in 105 pitches, that's fucking I, I, dominance, bud. Dominance. But I also think that like when, you, when you're knocking on the door of history, they, they lift the new rules. Like Turnbull was closing in on like 120 pitches. Mm-hmm. And I think For he no was... Hitter. I don't know that teams would be looking that, looking at it through that same lens, if there wasn't that twenty strike or if there was just the twenty strikeout, whatever. Because I don't know that those two things are viewed the same or heralded the same. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like I, yeah. I, I'd be all for it. Like if I'm your skipper and we got a decent lead here, hey, and you're at 115 pitches and you need two more punchouts for 22. Don't fucking look in here. You ain't getting no help. There ain't nobody yeah. down there in that bullpen going to get going either. Go get your There's fucking punch There's only been outs. five. There's been five 20 strikeout games ever, and they don't even credit Randy Johnson with his because it was an extra inning game, but he recorded the 20 strikeouts in nine innings. Like, that's the one thing that I've even heard people talk about Randy Johnson's 20 strikeout game. Be like, yeah, well, it, you know, the game went into extra innings. It's like, yes, but... He recorded the twenty strikeouts. Oh, but there's a, there's a rule, Caravas. They drew up a rule until so that makes all the sense of the world, yeah. right? Because there's a rule it's that insane. says that's not. So don't argue it. There's a rule. It's a it's rule. absolutely insane. Clemens did it twice. Kerry Wood in the greatest single uh, game pitching performance of all time. Oh. Uh, Max Scherzer, and then obviously Randy Johnson. It was uh, like the swings. <laughs> the swings that the fucking Houston Astros were taking that day against Kerry Wood. Oh, my God. Absolute trash. Oh, yeah. Just trash. That was a one, one hit, no walk, 20 strikeout game. I mean, he was embarrassing some absolute d- 
dudes too. Yeah, some fucking dudes. Yeah, future Hofer is in there. Yeah, Biggio. I mean, multiple fucking yeah. Derek Bell tied in a fucking pretzel. It was, it was bad. It was yeah. bad. But yeah, I, I I do. This does suck to an extent because I want these dudes to be able to celebrate this. I want people to be celebrating this, and I will, in my heart celebrate this because i know how difficult this game is to play like you don't just luck into some shit like this all right that's not what happens you don't luck into a no hitter over nine innings there are some things that probably go your way but ultimately you've got to be out there executing you've got to be hitting on all cylinders your your boys behind you got to be making plays so those are things that are all still very true reasons why we are susceptible more than ever to a no-hitter as a game, those are the reasons that I'm talking about, that I just outlined with the approach and all that shit. But the idea that it's happening, it's okay to celebrate this, especially if you're the Tigers. Yeah, no doubt. Yeah, and it should be celebrated. And I think it's more more now, um, here's how I feel about no-hitters now. They're for the, the fans of that team. Like before... Like, I remember, you know, it's like, oh, this guy's got a no-hitter through seven or eight. Like, once you got through eight, and it's like the ninth is coming, MLB Network would let you know. And then, like, I would drop whatever the fuck I was doing just to watch the ninth inning. Didn't matter who it was, what team it was. Didn't matter. I was like, I am not missing this. And now, obviously, I'm still going to tune in. It's my job. But the... Like, you know, oh, my God, this guy's got a no hitter going into the ninth. It's like, eh, all right, I guess I'll I guess I'll put it on TV. Number three, <laughs> like like that is actually true. Like I, I didn't I didn't change the game that was on TV. Number one to put Kluber's no hitter on there. Like that's that's the truth. Like it was on it was on one of the smaller TVs that had no volume because I was just like, yeah, if he gets it, whatever. I don't get it. I really, I really don't care. Well, yeah, like, like that's why I say for me, it's not a uh, – because I live in a world where I understand pitchers are trying to punch everyone out, hitters are trying to go deep, and that's where the three true outcome effect came from. So, like, when that's a huge part of the game, I, it's it's tough to act surprised that this is happening. And that's why it's not a surprise to me. I, I still would like to celebrate it, but I'm not in shock. I'm not in awe. And it's just a I'm like, okay, yeah. Well, that's that's what would typically happen if a guy is executing and you combine these two approaches. That That's definitely a result that you're going to get more a, a lot. Sure is. And we got it. Um, starting nine YouTube channel. We're growing. The community's growing over there, Dallas. We are growers, not showers. Yeah, yeah we are. So uh, starting on YouTube channel, if you're if you're curious, um, the full podcasts go up over there. Plus, all of our other baseball content goes up on the Starting Nine YouTube channel. We've got some other shows that we're working on right now that will be going up on the Starting Nine YouTube channel. So be sure to go over there and subscribe. We appreciate it. Yeah, college um, uh, college baseball fans. Just, oh, yeah. just, just be on the lookout for a little, uh, possibly a little reach out. We may be enlisting you for some of your help, some of your assistance. But uh, <clears throat> if you've ever wanted to know what it's like to, to sit down with a head coach, 
maybe a recruiting coordinator of your dream college, the university that you know you should be the starting shortstop at, the university you know you should be the Friday night guy at. Well, stay tuned because we are sitting down with a whole lot of those coaches who are going to be able to give you some insight as to just what your university is looking for when it comes to recruiting for their program, what it takes to be a member of their squad. So, uh, yeah, that's that, that, that video series is going to be dropping as we lead up to the push for regionals, super regionals, and college world series. It's coming. Uh, <clears throat> Ronald Cooney Jr. hit a walk-off bomb last night. Is he Saw the coolest that. player in baseball? Uh, he might be. Who who would be like a rival? Like obviously Fernando Tatis Jr., Jazz Chisholm. Uh huh. That's who I was going to say. Um. Mm, yeah, I feel like that would be my field. I mean, for the crown. Jazz's hair plays such a massive role in massive <laughs> in in him getting the nod there it's but it's so like, does tatis's sure sure i i think i think it's okay that we are having the conversation about other people who are drawing attention because the face of baseball conversation can get tiresome very quickly because we all know that there are things that factor into that and that don't factor into that that could that could have you as somebody who could be considered the face. So to see these to see these dudes who are exciting to watch have their days in the sun, meaning having their success and being able to celebrate and be who they are, that's that's it's exactly what this game needs. And just watching what we watched with uh your me Mercedes, which we'll get to in a little bit, you, you could see that the um the patience for not understanding this and not accepting of the new wave of emotion in the game, the patience for that is waning very quickly. Yeah. <clears throat> very quickly. It is. It is. But I love that I love that uh I love that there's a debate for a face of baseball. Not that I want to get into it right now, but I think it's a good thing that they're very, there are very valid cases for multiple players. Like when you talk about Soto, Tatis, Acuna, like that debate. And now, <laughs> Shohei Otani. How has how Shohei Otani not entered the conversation for face of baseball? So I love that there's a debate to be had and that it's almost so evenly distributed that there's really no correct answer. Like and you, it's it's all well, how, if you know what you're talking about. It's almost impossible to sound stupid defending any one of those four guys. Well, I mean, but like Otani, you just go right down the same route as a as a Mike Trout, like availability, desire. No, like I don't even think it's that. I mean, like I I think with Mike Trout, when you talk about Mike Trout, that's Mike Trout is the face of baseball for for nerds. Because it's like, well, his wins above replacement and his what blah blah blah. No, like I, when I, you, I'm talking about desire watch... to be out there, like to be out there yeah. and to be that public, whatever you know. Like Otani, Otani is like that though. Well, for not not to the extent that we're talking about some of these other guys. 
I mean, how much off the field content or quotes or whatever have you heard from Acuna and Tatis and Soto? Really, I mean, well, those dudes just they they let it like they're the face of baseball for what they do in the field. Like they're not in movies, they're not in commercials, they're not well, that, 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 that in stuff, music that's, videos. It's I don't want to say it's too soon for that, but they've needed this year and a half, two year window to do what they've done to really ingrain themselves in that face of baseball conversation. That's where the stuff starts to come. Like, come on, man. Think about what Shohei Otani is doing on the baseball field. All right. I've been telling you, I've been telling you since forever, since forever. And it's just now people are just now starting to like pick up the conversation just now starting to pick up steam. People who consider themselves huge internet media personalities are just now like Shohei Otani. Damn, this dude's doing it all. Not since well, Babe Ruth. And I'm not saying that those are tired conversations now because they're not because it's still very real. Every time the dude steps on the diamond, he's doing something you haven't seen done since since 19 whatever the fuck. And that is that's massive. That's massive. Yeah. Well, the difference there is that, you know, you can say, well, we were, we've been talking about this guy for years and like, why are they just paying attention now? And it's, it's the exact point that I was trying to make at the start of this season about, I just want the chicken fingers. Well, guess what? I'm getting the chicken fingers. Yeah. This is the first time I've been getting them. So when you get guys like St- Stephen A. Smith, please never fucking talk about baseball ever again. Oh my it's God. Like, Keep baseball out of your mouth. Stephen A. Smith. Up. He's like, yeah. Yeah, so I mean, like everyone's talking about this Shohei Otani guy, but he's hitting two seventy one. Yeah, dipshit. Just just stop. Just stop. I'm not like I'm. Trust me, I love baseball statistics. I'm not a stat snob. Like I'm not going to batting average shame people unless batting average is the only thing that you're using. Like I still love to look up. At a, at a player that's hitting 328 and be like, fuck yeah, like it good for matters, you, dude. Dude, yeah. it matters, okay? Yeah, so don't, if you're don't, hitting don't be 328, fooled. that's still an accomplishment. Like, you could hit 328 with a 350 OBP, or you could hit 270 with a 410 OBP, and it's like, well, which player are you taking? It's like, I don't know. I mean, the guy that's hitting 328 is a good fucking hitter. Like, all right, so he doesn't walk a lot, but he's still a good fucking hitter. It helps to have a guy that can hit the ball. But... Stephen A. Smith was trying to like discredit Shohei Otani's like season, but it's like, dude, Shohei Otani leads the majors, the majors in home runs, the majors in slugging percentage, and the majors in total bases, and has an OPS over nine hundred. Just stop talking about baseball if you can't comprehend what that means. Just stop the- because you're only doing the game a disservice by creating a narrative that. Oh, Shohei Ot- now Shohei Otani is overrated. It's yeah. like we came into this season being like, why the fuck isn't anyone paying attention to this guy? The answer to that question was because we needed to see it. He needed to prove it. He needed to put it together and he needs to be consistent about it. He's doing that this year, which yeah. is fantastic because now that he's doing it consistently, now people are talking and, about it. And him. I'm frankly I'm kind of tired of that. I'm kind of tired of that 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 people are just now Oh, I told you the greatest. No, you didn't. No, you fucking didn't. Everybody was running their mouth about how he's going to get capped or he's going to get just crushed one way or the other. It's not going to happen. Blah, 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 blah. He's not that good. He's not. It's not. Where are you at now? 
where yeah. the fuck you at now? And, and I was I wasn't on either side. I wasn't on the side of like this guy is going to be the greatest, and I wasn't on the side of like this guy is not going to make it. I was on the side of listen. I hear all the hype, and I and like I see the potential. Like it's not like I I couldn't see the potential. I just didn't want to have another situation where we're talking about potential for five years, and the next thing you know, he's thirty, and it's like, well, at that point, we're not. I guess we're not going to see what what well, we were the, promised. The, the, the big, the big, the big worry was: Are we going to see one side or the other falter so poorly initially that he that has to become one? He has to become just one because, damn it, don't sell me on the fucking Japanese Babe Ruth and have him come over here and him just now he's just a pitcher because he was getting the bat knocked out of his hand, or now he's mm. just a hitter because. He got touched up a little in the zone, and he shied away from his 100 mile an hour fastball for whatever reason. I don't want. I don't want that. Don't don't give me that. Well, you haven't. That's not what's happening here. Shohei Otani. Like I said, dude, a baseball team started the major league leader in home runs, the American League leader in slugging percentage. A baseball yeah. team started that guy on yeah. the mound. That guy pitched for his team. Just if you say those things out loud to yourself in a room all by yourself, just say it out loud. You're going to shock the shit out of yourself to say it like, what? Hold on. The major league leader in home runs guy leads American League in slugging percentage. That guy started the fucking game like they didn't. That wasn't the dude who came in in the blowout. That was the dude who started the baseball game. And then and then they put hold on. He hit so well that they. They, he hit for himself, and then they took him out of the game, and they put him in fucking right field so that he could continue to hit? That's who this dude is? Holy shit. Oh, yeah, we, we haven't seen anything like this. No, 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 no. No, last time you did, they were underhanding the fucking baseball back and forth to each other, okay? You, you know what's crazy is that I'm sure that somewhere – there's a debate going on of like, and I, I feel like we've already kind of had it, like at least in some Twitter exchanges. You can only start your team with the greatest baseball player, Mike Trout, or the most talented baseball player, Shohei Otani. Which guy are you taking? Well, the Angels have both, and they're, they're a half game away from being in last place. That's fucking crazy to me. Well, that that that's what's terrible is... On any given night, right? On any given night, Mike Trout just hit seven homers. Shohei Otani threw a complete game shutout, and he also hit three jacks. Uh, but somehow the Angels still managed to lose that ball game. Like, what? How the fuck did that happen? Otani threw a shutout. Trout hit six homers. Otani hit three himself. They still lost. Yeah, I know it's crazy, but not really. Like, you could probably come to terms with that happening. Though it's yeah. impossible, the Angels would find a way for that to happen. And I'll take it a step farther, Jared. It almost feels like the Angels are just interested in having nice, shiny things for people to come look at. Yeah. They're not really interested in like having their own nice, shiny thing to look at themselves. That would be the trophy. Yeah, That would be the World Series trophy. So it's like, hey, look at this trout we have. We got the coolest looking trout uh, in in the whole world swimming in our pond. Come check them out. Come look at them. 
Like, he doesn't really get to play with any other cool fish, but come come look at him. Yeah. Well, we've got this other fish, too. This, this Shohei Otani fish swimming in our pond. Check him out. Fucking look at our look at our fish. These are cool. We got a Jared Walsh fish. That fish is fucking sweet. Yeah, we'll feed them all right here for you. I mean, these aren't prize fish by any means. No, they're not trophy winning fish. No, but we like them and they're really cool to look at. You guys want to come stare at them? Mm. Like, what are we doing? Come on, throw some ornamentals in there. Get these guys some fucking aeration. Treat them like the prize possessions they are and get them to the postseason. Yeah, I feel like that's just yelling into a void at this point. I just don't see them doing that. But uh, Dallas, you, you, I know that you're a big fucking Canadips guy. Buddy, Croptober. Croptober Ooh. is upon us. Do you know what Croptober is, Carabas? No idea. I don't think you did. Uh, Croptober is an event where Canadips, they're going to be doing a giveaway. They're going to be flying people out from anywhere in the country, flying you out to come take tours of this entire setup. They've got tours of the <clears throat> of the product facilities, tours of farms, of where this uh of where the product comes from. They've got days on the river, music, all kind of shit planned, and that's Croptober. That's a giveaway they're doing, but what we've already come to know and love about the folks at Canadips is that they've got not only your lips best interest in mind but your, your lifestyle's best interest in mind as well. I've talked to a lot of guys who have used Canadips to help get them off of tobacco products, and the one thing, the one common denominator is, bro, my mouth feels so much better than it has ever felt, and it feels like just weeks afterwards, you get like a, a new face implant because that raw just... Oh, you know what feeling I'm talking about. That's gone. That's not there any longer. On top of the convenience of not having to spit everywhere and dig up a fucking spitter, you just swallow the juice. You gut this. That's the good stuff. That's the stuff that's making your joints stop swelling. The stuff that's helping you get through your day. Yeah, that's the stuff that you're taking, and it tastes fucking awesome. That's the take-home message here, is it's not that rough, dirty... No, you're not... You're not packing soil in your face. It's not what's happening. A little mango, a little citrus. They got your winter greens. They got all the standard stuff that you're used to. If you are just a baby stepper into this world, no problem. It's all good. What we need you to do, though, is head to CanadipsCBD.com and use the promo code RallyLippers. RallyLippers, folks. That's going to get you 20% off the entire site and make sure that you are ready to ride. What you also need to remember is this is not just another effort to try to take up space in the CBD world, in the cannabis world. No, no, no. We're leading the charge here. There's a difference. We are leading the charge. Kind of like McGregor said, we're not here to take part. We are here to take over, and taking over is exactly what is happening. So don't let the fancy can of the clean branding fool you, get you all twisted. Oh, what are these guys? This is going to be some generic... No, oh, no, 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 no. This ain't your granddaddy's rally lippers, folks. Very, very different. And again, for, for the flavors, I told you, we got it all. Mint green, winter green, the mango and the citrus are two of my very favorites. Uh, you can even get in on the wild side, grab a little of that Humboldt collection. Mm-hmm. 
that consists of your favorite cannabis strains, those flavors. You know what I'm talking about. So please remember to head on over to CannadipCBD.com. Slam that Rally Lippers code in there so you get 20% off. And you get a pouch of Humboldt County right in a can. And look forward to that Croptober giveaway I'm talking about. That is a monumental, monumental experience. Incredible. I'll be there too. So come holler at your boy. Biggest story going on uh, in the last week. This was um, this was a whole to do. Tony Larusa, the unwritten rules of Major League Baseball, or just baseball in general. Uh, it, I'm so fucking tired of this shit. <laughs> like I really am. So you had a game, Twins White Sox, Yermi and Mercedes, La Tortuga is on the mound. Everyone loves this guy. He plays with uh, a ton of energy. He's funny. He's got a sense of humor. Um, and he's out there on the mound throwing 45-mile-an-hour fastballs. I think game's like 16-4, to 4, whatever it is at the time. And uh, it's a 3-0 count to Mercedes. And uh, he gets one of these 45-mile-an-hour heaters on 3-0. Apparently, and we, we don't know this watching live... Um, apparently he gets the take sign, which is a big detail here yep. that, uh, I feel like is not talked about enough in the narrative, but and is, I, and is I do have over big time. Yeah, it is glossed over, but I, I do have a take on that. Um, so he homers and I mean, it's a bomb. It is. A, he didn't pimp it. He just hit it. He, like it wasn't like there was nothing disrespectful. Like. Showing up the pitcher, it was more just like, yeah, I mean, like I'm I'm hitting a fucking bomb in a game that we clearly have already won, and it is what it is. So Tony Larusa, you know, airs out his own guy, saying that you know he disrespected the other team, and it's going to be handled within the family, like this is the mob or something. Um, and then the next night, the Twins decide to throw at your mean Mercedes after that game. Tony Larusa. Uh, he says, like, I have no, I have no problem with the way that the twins just handled that game. I have no, I have no problem with them throwing at my guy. How the, like, so there's so many different elements to this right now. First of all, since you, since you brought up the sign thing, I can understand if, if my manager gives me a sign to take on three Oh, because my team needs base runners. And I just, am like, you know what, skip, fuck you. Like I, I, if that ball's in the zone, I'm going to fucking drive it somewhere because I'm a good hitter. And that's what I do. That's showing up your manager. If your manager gives you a take sign on three Oh to protect the other team's feelings. Fuck you. I like, I, especially a dude in Mercedes position who took, years to like this is not like a one one that no, burned through the minors and then came into the big leagues but, and he's guaranteed there, this monster contract someday it took him forever to fine. get to the that's big fine. leagues that's fine and he is not promised that's fine uh, that goes a monster for raise in arbitration that, or that goes, a big contract in in free agency i don't care if he takes into his hands i'm going to hit every single home run that i possibly can and i'm not going to stop that approach because you are interested in protecting their feelings. They're so that, not my teammates. That that attitude 
cannot be allowed to permeate because that's where the disrespect and the disregard of a manager starts to take on a whole life of its own. And now there's no reason to even have the manager down there. If, if that's going to be how it goes, if that's how people are just allowed to operate where it's a fuck you, you don't know where I've come from. I'm getting mine type of attitude. Everybody in the big leagues could take that attitude. Everybody, everybody. How are you going to tell me that I don't get to have that attitude? Why? Because I went to a private high school and had private lessons and I had to work just as hard as the guy who didn't. I had to, I had to hone my craft just like he did. So I'd like to take advantage of every opportunity I have too, because I was a first rounder. I don't get to take advantage. No, fuck that. That's not how that works. That's why that attitude cannot be allowed to permeate. But before we get there, let's go back to the idea of putting a take sign on in that situation. Why would we do that? My issue with it is unless you are going to be telling him to take all of the pitches and basically just lay his bat down, why are you having him take anything at all? Well, the understanding is because 3-0 up with that lead, we're not trying to create any more offense here to extend the game. We've already got enough. Okay, well, then wouldn't taking pitches be extending the game? And essentially, you're just asking your guy to lay down and quit. Well, you can't do that. So are you actually asking your guy to make it as hard as humanly possible on himself because your team has done so good up until this point? So you don't want Mercedes swinging 3-0. You'd rather him do that 3-1. 3-1, it's okay that he hits that home run. Yeah. But 3-0, he can't hit that home run. Yeah. Why? Because one's then I would say... One's disrespectful and one's not, Dallas. Come on. And, well, and that's where the idea of the position player comes into play, right? And that's where we're all saying, when you've got a position player that's on the mound, the idea of a 3-0 take and blah, all of that, every bit of how you would treat that situation that's all out the window now tony because your fucking third baseman slash catcher is pitching right now okay do you understand that that's what's happening tony their middle infielder utility catcher is pitching and you would have your mean mercedes working at bat against that guy that's what you want him to do you want him to fucking work in ab against the utility infielder what the fuck are you doing dude like seriously what was happening in 1972 is not fucking happening today. It's a different world, brother. It's a very, very different world. So that's where my problem comes into play initially, is the idea of taking your foot off the gas. Can't do that. Can't do that these days. And, and that's where the whole take sign issue really starts a fire for me. But... If you have been given a take sign, I don't care what the game situation is. The manager has a leg to stand on there. If he's saying, I gave him the take sign and he either missed the sign or refused to acknowledge the sign. If either one of those are true, then Tony La Russa has, I don't want to, I don't want to call it an argument, but he should have your attention. And if you're going to just 
say, look, Tony, I don't give a shit that you gave him the take sign. This kid's route to the big leagues, blah, blah, blah. That's where Tony has the right to go, hold on. <laughs> so you don't give a shit that I gave him a sign? If, if we're at a point now where you, don't, where you no longer even give a shit that the manager's asking his players to do something and they're just disregarding it, well, well, then we're at a completely different place. We're having a completely and totally different conversation, right? That's a very yeah, different conversation. I, I just think I, I don't think at this point. I know that the guys are going to downplay it, but I know there was like a quote with Lance Lynn coming out saying um, that he didn't have an issue with it, and then like Tony was like, "He he's got a locker. I've got an office. You know, right. if he wants to talk about it, whatever." So I don't know. I, I, if I were on that team. But see, all that quote is, that's that's empty. That's empty. That's just Tony saying, I'm the manager. Lance can have his opinion. That's fine. You want to know what his office looks like? It's a locker in a room full of other lockers. You want to know what my opinion means? I've got a door to my office. That's the difference between my opinion and Lance's opinion. That's what Tony was saying. There's a very small minority of people who have sided with Tony LaRusso on this issue, but the ones (laughs) that have... I don't know why. I mean, like, they haven't made very sound or logical points in their defense. Their their defense has more been like, what's his resume compared to yours? It's like, well, I'm not a big league manager. And I understand that like Tony La Russa is a four-time manager of the year, and he's won World Series titles. He's been there, and he's done that. But it's, it's a very different game, like Dallas said. It's not the same game. And this idea that, oh, the White Sox are in first place, and look at their run differential. They're the best team in the American League. That's not because of Tony La Russa. If anything, it's in spite of Tony La Russa. I, I, I can't imagine. And I and I know that, like, I, I want to commend the White Sox players for this. Because this could be an outright dumpster fire situation if they kind of just aired their grievances about the manager being like, hello. Like, it's almost like, like they all it's, know. it's almost they like know. you have, like, a new stepdad. And you want to just, like, scream at your mom for bringing this this asshole into the house. It's like... What are we doing here? Like, what are we doing? Like, this guy sucks. But the White Sox players, at least, are not doing that. When it's like Jerry Reinsdorf hires his friend to be the manager. And now it's like immediately after being hired, you get the DUI. You forget the rules. And now you have like you're throwing your own player under the bus. You're telling you're telling your team, I hey, you know what? If something happens like that, if you want to hit homers, then I'm going to defend the other team when they throw at you. You're the manager talking about your own player being like, I'm not, I, I don't have an issue with you getting thrown at. That's fucking asinine that that is happening. Well, that's, and to, that's the, the to White Sox players' credit, they have not come out and been like fuck this guy or what are we doing here? I mean, like it's been veiled shots. They don't, they I mean, they're letting to. you know, they, well, they don't like have via to. social media. Like Tim Anderson has said something and like your mean Mercedes has posted something. Uh, Lance Lynn obviously well, had his comment, but think they're about downplaying. What Giolito said. Think about what Giolito said. Giolito for me, that takes it. That, that gives you the insight right there. We're with your mean. We support your mean. We're into hitting homers. That's all I'm going to say about that. We're going to yeah. move on. And and what that what that tells you is is look, everybody in this room, everybody in this room, if there was a line drawn in the middle of this clubhouse, there would be 26 of us on this side and there would be one dude on the other side. That's what that statement means. That's what you take away from these statements here. When when these guys are publicly 
saying what they're saying and everybody is publicly siding with their teammate, that's not just teammates being teammates. That's teammates and a team and players understanding exactly what situation they're in right now. They all know that they've got a manager so far out of fucking touch with the vibrations that are going on in their building that it would be detrimental to them to entertain the lunacy that they're witnessing. And they know that. So instead of getting in the mud and mixing it up with that shit, they're t- they are, in my opinion, they're taking the high road. They're acknowledging each other. They are galvanizing with each other. And I said this on Twitter. Can it happen in spite of a manager? The reason I asked that question is because I feel like they've already started to head in that direction. Where, hey, look, see that guy over there in that room? He will, he will not fuck this up for us. That's what he's not going to do. I don't give a shit who put him in that position. I don't care who signs his checks. I don't care why he's here. We all know why we're here. And we are not going to allow that over there to derail us. That's what all of these public support efforts that we've seen are all about, Jared. That's how a clubhouse works. Yeah. I mean, at this point, even with the relationship that um, Tony has with Reinsdorf, I mean, what do you put the odds at that Tony finishes the season as White Sox manager? Because, and I said this before, like I said this, I said this when he just forgot the fucking rules or didn't know the rules. I was like, you have such a, a great group of guys here, talented. You have a core established. And not only is the core established, but last year you got very important and vital experience in the postseason. And once you get that little taste, I'm interested to see what happens next after that. And this is the guy that you've got at the helm. Like you've got, you have a manager that is universally despised within the walls of that clubhouse. And that's the guy that you want steering the ship through a potential world series title run. Like that's what you want. Well, that's uh, There's, there's a reason I said that there's a reason I picked him for manager of the year is because the, the wacky approach if he was able to find a common balance with that room and he could create a, Hey, I'm just going to call the shots here. Everything else you guys do is all you do what you do. I'm going to put guys in position to win. If that could have been a thing, then the age and the difference and the, that could have all, it it would have all been nothing. It would have been nothing, but that's not what has happened. What has happened is the old dog has gotten off the porch and is trying to run with the new dogs, but he's got hip dysplasia and he's got mange and he can barely get his fucking ball sack down the stairs off the porch, let alone run with these new dogs. And it's causing the pack to, to lack. And the pack is going to turn and go, look, we're going to keep running without you. So either get back up on the porch and get on your bed, and just fucking sit there or we're going to run over you. But it's, it's now like, I feel like this is Tony's like, if he's got an opportunity, it's right now because dude, it's really tough. I got, I have to say this. I have to ask this too for the twin side. If we were hearing comments about how the twins weren't that upset about it and it wasn't a big thing, then 
where does that come from? Where does throwing at um at your mean come from? Is that just that doesn't the feel like a Rocco thing, to be honest. Is it just the player taking it into his hands? Because my question is, if you're the Minnesota Twins, and if you're a player on the Minnesota Twins, let me ask you this. What the fuck are you defending? What are you policing? In that moment, what are you policing? Are you defending a studio's ERA as a position player? Is that what you're policing? Think about that long and hard. Like, And think about this. The things in the game that would allow players to police or require players to police the game those have all been taken away. The slide rule at second base, you blow me up and send my middle infielder into left field and I don't like it, I take exception to it. You want to know what I do? I fucking drill you. Well, there's no slide rule at second base any longer. That doesn't happen. So I got no reason to police that. What about a home plate collision there? Unacceptable. What happens? I put one in your fucking ribs. Well, that's gone now. So how do I police that? What what what, what is left to police? Hmm. That's why I ask, what are you defending there? A fucking 3-0 hack on a position player in a fucking 14 to 6 ball game? Come on. Yeah. Well, we'll see what happens. Um I I I would be shocked if he if he finishes the year there. Like I cuz I mean it's it's May. It's May and it feels like it is it is developing into a one thing after another situation. I I think the more shocking thing would be if this is the last players versus manager situation that the White Sox find themselves in. That would be more shocking to me. Yeah, I, if, I, I, if that was it. She's like, no, well, it was just smooth sailing from there. Remember back in May when we had that fucking your mean Mercedes incident? I mean, yeah. like the White Sox are just too in your face, too flashy, too fuck you, to not have another incident with Tony like this. Well, after this, if you had any one of the incidents that have occurred prior. Over. Over. Tony forgets a rule and the White Sox end up losing. That team is going to eat him alive. Because they're going to say, look, we're already down two dudes that are a big part of what we got going on here. And we're still playing pretty good ball right now. We cannot afford to have somebody who's already done what they've done up to this point continue to be in a position to take away from what we're trying to get accomplished here. So if Tony forgets another fucking rule, if Tony tries to implement the old guard and is sitting someone or whatever, and like maybe Tony starts to throw at guys because here's the thing. I promise you this. Any White Sox hitter gets hit. You can guarantee you can as much as the fucking sun will rise tomorrow. Somebody's getting drilled in that ballgame. And if that ends up losing them a ballgame, that's going to be problematic. Mizzen and Maine is the best damn dress shirt now for summer vacation and backyard vibes. Mizzen and Maine combines the comfort and flexibility of athletic wear with the fit and style of a tailored dress shirt. The secret sauce is the use of performance fabrics, making their dress shirts incredibly comfortable. Summer is coming in hot. And you don't want to be the guy who is drenched in sweat. It's 2021. Every item in your closet should keep you comfortable. And Mizzen and Main does just that. It's all moisture wicking and quick dry, which means that you'll look great on vacation. Mizzen just came out with new short sleeve shirts. They're super lightweight, uh, very easy to pack. And these things dry so fast that you can wash them in a hotel sink. Look at that. 
They've got the four-way stretch for maximum comfort and flexibility. Moisture wicking, as we said, so you don't have to sweat it. Wrinkle resistant, which is huge because I usually have Ellen iron my stuff, and it's kind of hard when you don't live in her basement anymore. Um, it's machine washable because why go to the dry cleaner? Lightweight and breathable, which means you can wear the shirt. The shirt doesn't wear you. Wear, wash, dry, repeat, no fuss, no frills, no cleaning. Head on over to mizzenandmain.com. Use the promo code 9, that is N-I-N-E, for 15% off your first order. Um, I don't know if you guys watch uh, Morning Wood. Mizzen and Main has has, uh, been a proud sponsor of Morning Wood on several occasions this season. You see me rocking those polos. You know how fucking good I look in those. I just got them. Just got him. I, I like yeah, the shorts. Shout out to Alan. I'm into the shorts. Yeah, you're welcome. Did they she sent buy me my those? they sent my Mizzen and Main package to to my apartment, so I have my mom send it to Dallas. Yeah. Mizzenandmain.com promo code nine for fifteen percent off your first order. Uh, really quick, because Dallas got to get out of here. He's got the A's game today. Um, did you have you won a game yet in this series? You have, right? Yeah, you had the walk off. Today's, today's the rubber match. We got absolutely fucking smacked yesterday. Zach Greinke, I wanted to. I I I am angry. I'm angry that Zach Greinke. Didn't I'm, throw angry. A fucking, I'm angry. I'm <laughs> angry that he did not throw a complete game yesterday. Eighty nine pitches through eight innings, and they're up eight to one. Why go is the go. fucking guy not back out there? Why is he not back out there? He probably didn't want to. I mean, that's a legitimate answer. That, that could very well. He he could have very well been like, I'm done. I'm fucking over it. No, how do you feel? I feel great. I just, I think I've got a Sudoku that I didn't finish up there, and I really want to bang that out before I get on the bus to go yeah. back to the hotel. But, like, seriously, I I just, I and if I have the opportunity today, I'm going to ask Dusty. Yo, Dusty, OG, what's up, man? Because I want to know. What the fuck? What the fuck? Like, as a pitcher, that's the only thing. If, if I was Zach Greenkey, that's what I'm here for. I'm here for the CGs. I'm here to start and finish the same ball game all goddamn day. I don't have anything else left to achieve here. Nothing. Just, I want every start to be a complete game. I'm trying to throw 33 perfect games this year. That's what I'm trying to do. <sighs> Mike Trout's going to be out six to eight weeks with a calf strain. I, I I predicted that he's he's back before six weeks. I don't know how you feel about this. I know that they're, it's, they're not in a position to rush him back because... They're not in a position where they're challenging for the division or anything. Doesn't that suck to say right now? Like you can't even it's May and you're already like, "Eh, well, you know, it's we all know how this is going to go. We just need Mike Trout to take it slow and take Mm -hmm. it easy because maybe 2025, the Angels will be ready for postseason action and this calf will be better by then. And that's how we're going to handle this. Yeah, it's heartbreaking. It is, but I feel like it almost. it, it gives you more opportunity to, to give Shohei that shine. And I, I know that you said it earlier, and I've seen people tweeting the same thing. Um, like this just it feels like it feels like within the last week or so that people outside of the diehard baseball bubble are like Shohei Otani. How huh? who, who the fuck's this guy? Like, this well, is awesome. It's been well, a league gone, since twenty eighteen. They- yeah, they've gone from who the fuck's this guy to, and that's that's my problem, is there's a lot of people that are like, oh, I've been on this show, hey, trade forever. I've been trying to tell you. Sh-. And I'm like, no, bitch, 
You haven't. No, no you bitch. absolutely <laughs> fucking haven't, okay? Are you yeah. calling A's baseball games in Anaheim while wearing a fucking Shohei Otani t-shirt? Are you yeah. doing that? Probably mm. fucking not, okay? No. Like, I'm doing I'm happy that it's I- here, though. I, I just... I was waiting. I was waiting. You know what? It's been it's been everything that I hoped that it would be. Oh, you ain't got no more room for chicken fingers, bud. You have been inundated with chicken fingers. You I mean, got I'm, chicken... I'm taking a bath in chicken fingers, but I'm loving it. Yeah, you got people. People, people think that ass. like I, I feel like that there's like a warped perception out there that like I said that Shohei wasn't the real deal or something. All I said was like, can I see it consistently? Which is a fair ask. No, you you and you I'm seeing a... it consistently. Yeah, you took a, um, you know, because obviously I've I've drawn the parallels. Not that I was opening anybody's eyes, but to Babe Ruth and who he well, is. Well, Shohei's never killed anybody. Well, that's and neither has George. And that's, yeah, no, he did. Those he are killed the, the, his wife. No, that's you. You're, you allege that with some frivolous claims. That's mm. ridiculous. Like I said, if Helen would have bought an ashtray, we'd be in a different situation right now. Um, <laughs> I just don't understand how people are just now starting to realize because because it, it's it wasn't until now that he's put it all together like I, <laughs> I i think like i get it if it took him hitting and pitching in the same game for people to be like oh, okay so oh cool so he can no 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 that's, no, no, no. that's i i think moving it, the goalpost back i think it took him literally leading the majors and homers like like i think it's different when it's like all right yeah okay like you can hit and you can pitch that's cute that's cool that's what but happened. then when you're like hey by the way uh i have a fucking two era mm-hmm. and i also lead the majors and home runs that's what gets people talking is when it's like all right you have a player who can hit and he can pitch that's cool that's unique that's interesting but when you have a guy that's like Oh, I could win a Cy Young award and I could win uh, a fucking home run crown. It's mm-hmm. like, okay. All right. Well, yeah. Yeah. Well, you, you the, <laughs> that's yeah, you, that's where you get, start to get the people that don't normally pay attention to baseball, especially right, because, West Coast baseball. Because everybody knows the home run leader is a cool, that's a cool thing to be. That's people cool are like, person. yeah, I remember the 90s. Yeah, home runs. I fucking, yeah, I home love runs, home those runs. Those are fun. Oh, hold on. So the guy <laughs> who's had the most home runs. He's gonna do the pitching thing too. Mm-hmm. He must. He must be good. He wow. must be a. He must be a knuckleballer or something, right? Yeah. I, I, when's when's he gonna get drafted to the big league so I can see him pitch? Man, yeah. that's gonna be. It's gonna be fun. Uh, Taiwan Walker's on the IL. Um, yeah, the Mets still cruising along in that that dog shit division of theirs. That Chris sucks Davis because he's been the rest of the season because he's been shoving. Yeah, Chris Davis. I mean, oh. That's we've already had this discussion. I'm not I'm not about to break off into a song and dance about how he should hang it up. But I'm never going to tell a guy that signed a big money contract to leave money on the table like that's all you dude. You earned it there. There's a reason why a major league baseball team committed to paying you that much money over that many years. So like get every fucking paycheck that you can. But at the same time, if it were me. And I looked at my bank and I saw I was okay. I have generational wealth. My kids are going to be okay. My kids' kids are going to be okay. I would at some point feel guilty for taking a team's money and, and giving literally nothing in return. Like, I think I would probably be like, yeah, this is awkward. Like, I can't, I can't do this for another two, three years of just showing up knowing that I'm robbing you blind. Like, nah, I personally you, you can't could. do it. 
You easily could, and I'll tell you why. Because of all the bullshit that you end up going through to get to that point. I'm with you. It feels like... I could, no, no, no. I could definitely do it for a couple years. I couldn't do it for as long as this has gone on for. Well, what, like, so obviously, so RDT, our boy RDT, um, has kind of put me on game, like, on a deeper level with how things have gone with Chris Davis and the organization. And it's just like, you know what? Let me, let me say this because I've heard rumblings about this. Why doesn't he just get his fucking TUE? Why didn't he just get back on the Adderall and things are going to be fine for him. Things would have been great. And I don't know shit about Chris Davis and his prescription usage of Adderall and whatever shit like that. If that was indeed one of the reasons why he was the player that he was and then didn't take it and got caught up and blah, 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 and just never got back to it or whatever. Like the, the impact that that kind of shit can have on a guy, like not only the body, but mentally as well, you can start to feel like you're dependent on that. Like you're, you're only who you are because of this. So when that goes away or is taken away, maybe you're a different person. But maybe on the other side of that, you find out, you know what? 061 for the next seven years and a mountain full of critics piling on is much better than how I physically and emotionally felt doing doing it that way. And I don't know if that's something that people have considered with Chris Davis. And it's not specifically the, the Adderall thing. I only throw that out there because he had an incredible year and then had the like exemption thing messed up for a little bit and didn't have a good year and has kind of been struggling. So I just think like, maybe you got to think about that, but it sucks. It absolutely sucks. Cause you don't ever want to come into spring training thinking, all right, what part of me is going to fall off this year? So I can justify this money and I can not be told I'm terrible. It is sad to see because at one point that's a pretty electric home run hitter and it just all it all came crashing down all right uh next week we'll be back uh with a reaction to some of the games that uh go on over the weekend and we've got some listener questions that we didn't get to get to today because i mean we had some meaty discussions um about uh, the big top stories that happened in baseball uh, this past week and we'll get back to Mount Rushmore. I don't. I, hey, you're just as much in the dark as we are. We, as of right now, this recording on May twentieth at whatever time it is, because my laptop is cracked still. Uh, we are not aware of who the next team is no for idea. Mount Rushmore. No clue. So it'll be just as much of a surprise for you as it is for us. Can't wait to do that. Those are fun. People are seem to be enjoying them. It's creating a nice little healthy. Uh, baseball debate over on the starting nine reddit page check that out meet up with other members of the grounds crew you can discuss the episodes different topics things that we talked about it's fun and, it's fun and the discord i've been checking in on the discord i still don't i i, I i'm gonna i'm gonna try and check that out i feel like i feel like i have enough of a loose understanding now about what the discord's all about so i, I want to get over there and and see what's going on it, it's, it's intimidating that's the word it, it, they, it's in not the people the, the platform is intimidating don't be, don't be scared, homie. I ain't scared. I ain't scared of shit. All right. Have a good weekend, Dallas. You too. Thanks. I'll probably, I mean, I'll probably talk to you later. We <laughs> out. <laughs>